0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the sage himself, the Jewish sage, uh, Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, sir? I am doing good, Chris, although your beard is longer than your pants. (laughs) I'm wearing shorts right now because I'm about to board a plane with my kids. Going to Dallas wearing pink shorts. Uh,
1: It's
2: springtime. A long sleeve shirt you are stylish man i do what i can i do what i can you
0: are the king of style and i am the boredom of style you look good you look really good (laughs) blog on to youtube everybody and check out what steve's wearing hey welcome in hold on one second all right, all right. Hey, welcome. We uh, listen. I'm back from Israel, and now you're off to Dallas, and now I'm off to Dallas. We've got pa- Steve. You know what this season's like? Passover season is busy for Friends of Israel.
2: Very busy. We have staff all around the country, really around the world, who will be using this weekend. They already have starting Palm Sunday, demonstrating the Passover in churches and Bible studies in order to connect believers with the Jewish background of communion. The Jewish background of the Savior who dies for our sins, rises again. We'll be celebrating that. All of it
0: prophesied in the Jewish scriptures. You know, it can't be said enough. when When John the Baptist looks at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, uh, this is uh, all Jewish through and through, and I always like to I always like to say to people I like to remind them remember Jesus was Jewish, you know he. A lot of them don't know that he didn't go to church. He did not go to church. He went to synagogue. He prayed in Hebrew. And he
2: didn't eat ham, scalloped potatoes, and green bean casserole, which is what almost everybody is going to be having on Resurrection
0: Sunday. You know, I I have not been able to find the connection between uh, Easter and the ham, but I mean, come on. Come on. It doesn't say the ham of God that takes away the sins of the world.
2: <laughs> it says the lamb of God. The Greek Orthodox do have it right. I, they eat lamb, right? They eat
0: lamb. Yep. Absolutely. They eat lamb. And
2: that's that Jewish. An anti- thing?
0: Is that an anti Semitic? I mean, come on. I have on.
2: no proof come on.
0: that it is, but I think it is. They could I mean. have chosen any a filet mignon. They could have chosen something, you know, anything, but they went with a ham. A pig.
2: You go with a pig uh, on resurrection day of the Jewish Messiah. It's.
0: <laughs> You can't make this
2: stuff up. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, uh, I know during our Passover seder that we do where we put Christ in the Passover. That's the most important part. We put Christ in the Passover. And when we do that, we have a meal with everybody. And normally it's a chicken dinner or um or roast, beef. roast beef or brisket. Brisket is big. Didn't your mom make brisket? All that she Still does. Does she really? 99 years old. I
2: think it's been about a year or two since she's actually done it. They now buy it. I mean— the woman, my mother, is 99 years old. Give her a break. <laughs> and my sisters do that. They give her a break. But we, the problem is she did it so well that everybody loves her brisket. Blanche's brisket. It's Blanche's brisket. Oh, what can man. I tell you? We got to get is, Blanche on to talk it, it, about her brisket. I'll try to do that. To get do you her think on. she would come on? I do think she'd come on. If she's having a good day. You know, when you're 99, you have one bad day. Maybe you have two good days. When I call her, I call her regularly. Uh. How's it going? She says, as long as it's not raining, I'm in great shape. But if it rains, the the drainage comes. And hey. she's, she tells me more than I need <laughs> to know. TMI, t- Mom. Just TMI. Just tell me, Mom, that you're not well. But no, I love her. I don't mind hearing it. But, she, you know, we're descriptive people. Like, just read the scriptures <laughs> and you'll her. find out we are descriptive. We tell you more Then you want to know, you
0: know, when I was in Israel and we were standing on top of Mount Carmel, I read through the passage and there is that moment where Elijah. Is speaking to the prophets of Baal, and he says, "Oh, your God's not doing anything. Maybe he's busy using the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about being descriptive. You know, <laughs> T- too much. Hey, he's taking a siesta. Hey, why don't you guys beat your body? That's a bleed. So maybe your God's he had chutzpah. Yeah, oh, he, he did. had chutzpah. One against four hundred and fifty. So, um, uh, we're going to be talking about Passover today. That's right. We're taking a break, Chris. Uh, we took a break last."
2: Time. Last week, you were speaking to me from my home in Israel. You were in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, while that, that trip went on, you gave an up-to-date idea of what the trip entailed. But we're taking another break. We're suspending the blessing of going through Revelation, and we're going to talk about Passover.
0: Okay, so really quick, before we get started into that, um, I want to remind our listeners that uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip. And uh, you, this is a great opportunity if you want to study the Bible from a Jewish perspective, which is what you'll get here on the Jew and Gentile podcast, but it's also what you'll get in all of our FOI Equip classes. So if you go to foiequip.org, you can actually begin to subscribe uh, to register for our summer courses, our spring and summer courses. And we've got some great ones. We have Holocaust Remembrance coming up next week with Ty Perry. Uh, I'm going to be teaching as, as Israel approaches 75 years, Steve, as a country, their 75th anniversary Um, As they're ready to celebrate that, we're going to be teaching about three important figures uh, and men and that God used, essentially, to help reestablish the Jewish state and how all of that was pointing to May 14th, 1948. I'll be teaching that. It's a three-week series. And then we have all of our summer classes available as well, Uh, and all that's online at foiequip.org. Another thing, though, if you get to this in time— on April 7th, starting, let me double check here, starting at 7 p.m., there will be an online Passover Seder that's going to be hosted by Dan Price, who's the assistant director of international ministries. And he's doing a first century Passover. He's going to take you back to what it was like when Jesus celebrated Passover, the Last Supper in the upper room. So I think you should register for that. But that's at a different location. You have to go to FOI.org to register for that. For all of the FOI Equip classes, it's FOI Equip. .org. Now you're
2: confusing me, Chris. Let's say it one more time slow for the old people like me.
0: Okay, so if you want to register for our FOI Equip classes, which is what hosts or what sponsors the Jew and Gentile podcast, you're going to go to foiequip.org. You'll see all of our classes that you can register for right there. But if you want to be a part of the online Passover Seder, then you're going to need to go to FOI.org, and there you'll see on our banner— an opportunity to register for the first century Passover. Both by the Friends of Israel, but Equip is in North American ministries. That's the difference. Exactly. But we want you, if you want to be a part of a Passover, maybe you haven't been able to be a part of one this year. We understand there's two ways you can resolve that. Number one, you could go to foi.org and register for the online one. Or next year, you can bug your pastor and have Friends of Israel come out and we'll host a Passover or do a demonstration. Right at your church, live for your people. Amazing.
2: Every time we meet people who have never seen a Passover, you know this, Chris, and then we do one, people rush up. They said, I've never heard of that before. I've never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, that's so amazing! And then several of them will have them in their own homes. They start them on their own. Yep. Invite neighbor. That we love to hear those kind of stories.
0: We just had one when I got back from Israel. My wife put one together, and we thirty people showed up in our home. Free food. F- yeah. <laughs> Everybody brought something too. Ah, it was like a okay. potluck. Okay. It was so, a potluck, and good. we had brisket.
2: Uh, who who was the one that forked over the money for that
0: one? Our neighbor uh uh who's next to us, Give uh, them Jim. a shout out. Oh. That, that's a big deal. Jim Gruccio, big shout out for he comes showing up with a big old brisket for 30 people and uh and other people brought fantastic food, pizza, <laughs> pepperoni Oh, pizza. what a Passover. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, uh, it, it's a good time. Uh, hey, Steve, before we move into Passover, you brought to my attention a very interesting story and the reason that we're featuring it is because it features a Jewish Canadian. So maybe you want to highlight well, this before Chris, we get started. I
2: came across this on my feed. Uh, just uh, 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 The guy's name was Avi Silverberg and I hope he's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Avi Silverberg. Yeah. All we could do is say, oy vey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the story is about gender, of course. It seems everything is about that. Well, And women's sports. Or what is women's sports? That's a that's a topic for other groups and their expertise. The reason it came across for me or why I thought it was significant is because of Avi, who is a power lifter. Yep. He's a male power. Power and he found out about a woman slash man, uh, gent- born as a man, but became a woman. Transitioned to a woman. I, the languages are very difficult for me, so thank you. Mm-hmm. He transitioned, and so she, of course, set all the records for women's powerlifting. That's right. But Avi found out that the rules in Canada are... I feel today I'm like, I am a woman. They're
0: very flimsy.
2: Flimsy. uh, Today, I'm a woman. Tomorrow, who knows what, but today, I'm a woman. All you have
0: to do is show up and identify as what you want, and boom, you're in there. When
2: he found out that that's all
0: you have to do. And Avi's not a small guy. This guy is a weight (laughs) lifter. He's He's got a a beard. He's a
2: beast. Uh, But when he found out that this uh, transgender was breaking all the women's records and then found out that, Hey, I could I could do this. He didn't do it because he wanted to break the record. He did it against this person because he just felt it was unfair. So what did he do? You continue. What did he do, Chris? I sent you the story. Yep. He comes in and says, "I'm a woman." Yeah. He
0: got, for for one day. I'm a woman for the weightlift for the women's weightlifting competition. All to prove a point.
2: To prove a big point. That's because right. Because the woman
0: slash man
2: woman did 270 pounds. How many did Avi do? It was like
0: 370
2: pounds. 370 <laughs> pounds. But the key is the reaction of this transgender uh, person who was, she, he, she, she said. You're having a hard oh, time. To- it, I know. I, I don't brain. know how you communicate. But uh, this person said, uh, hey, uh, I'm, I was there. Uh, and well, we actually we have, have the, the recording. Yep, we let's can, play, let's, the let's clip. play the cut it's better.
0: Let, let's play the cut. This is the this is the uh, transgendered individual who lifts for the women's weightlifting in Canada. And had, what's her name? We should at least. Uh, I do actually don't oh, know her okay, name. Okay, but but she uh, is the one who smashed records as well. But now this is when Avi comes in and she responds to Avi's uh, uh, display of trying to prove a point here, and so here it is.
1: Yes, uh, somebody did show up at the meet today with uh, malicious intent, and you know what? There was, it was nothing. Um, It was just entirely ignored. People lifted, I volunteered, everyone was happy that I was there. And it really struck me that maybe my participation isn't necessarily fair. I mean, you
0: know. Hello!
2: (laughs) I'm glad she can admit it. At least she admitted that it wasn't fair. I agree. She was up front. Everybody was glad she's there. I believe her. Okay, you're there. I'm glad she's there. The rules are what the rules are. Everybody's happy that she's there. But let's just admit. maybe it is unfair. Maybe.
0: Let's just admit you're... You've got the strength of a man, and you're beating women. Yep. That's real, and and so Avi's point is proven right there. He proves his point right there. But she's As, not done yet. Chris. She's not done. So here we go.
1: There's science, whatever. But people welcome me because I'm actually nice to people.
0: <laughs> okay. Welcome. You can beat me. I'm a woman. Uh, if 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 someone is a woman and they've been training their whole life to to win. A, a weightlifting competition, but then this transgendered individual who's a man that feels as though he's a woman... And undergone
2: treatment. He and has undergone... A, yep. yep.
0: It comes hit, in, she, yep. and she dominates, okay? Because we know... Even she admits, okay, well, maybe it's science. Maybe I, it is unfair. But at least I'm nice. I'm nice. That's it. <laughs> finish it off, Chris.
1: I show up, and I try to make everyone happy. And... <laughs> I think that matters a hell of a lot more than people give it credit
2: for. Well, I got to tell people you, Chris. Want me there
1: because I'm actually.
2: I got to tell you, Chris. Avi made me happy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I admit that. I had, I I don't know if anybody else was happy when Avi came in and lifted 370 pounds, but when I saw the headline and listened to the uh the the YouTube, I said Avi put a smile on my face. He, the, the, the I think of the women, the biological women who did train, yes. who are at such a huge disadvantage. Their lung capacity is different. Their bone structure is different. A lot of things are different. It We've gone through it. God created man and woman. Uh, the two are different. And so when Avi followed the Canadian
0: rules, he shattered her uh, record. That's right. And, and then... Transition back to a man I, I the guess, moment it was I guess, done. Yeah. Once it's over, uh I'm Avi. I'll see you later. <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm a Jewish guy now, okay? <laughs> but it does it's a it's an interesting point that was made, and I think it highlights that even this individual uh who uh you know had undergone treatment but still had the the capacity of you know uh, of being able to lift heavier she, she admitted it that's what she, i'm saying it, she admitted it yep avi wins at that, that point. it's science or whatever you know that's th- her quick. exactly or whatever that's yeah. right but i do think it's interesting how flimsy the rules are in canada that uh, you can yep. just you know whatever you want to be today is and that's in, in baked into these rules and i think avi just showed the ridiculousness of them and how they can actually hurt people as well. I, you know, she says I make people happy. I'll be honest with you. If I am if I was a woman and I trained and trained and trained. If I was a man and I trained and trained and trained and trained. You know, and then someone comes and beats you. I mean, you're not that happy about it. But if it's a, you know, if you know, you, can't you say you came in second place? But it's an individual who scientifically can beat you no matter what in some ways. Then of course I'm not happy. I, that doesn't make me happy. That makes me sad, actually, to think about. So. 100%, which is why Avi put a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, that was very interesting, Steve. Let's move on to Passover. Before we get to the scriptures, let's listen to what um uh, our friend Emily Stone from Did You Know has well, to say. That's right. Since
2: Passover's coming up, we, of course, went to Did You Know for Emily Stone. And I, I tried to find—she uh she has a lot written on Passover, and it's it's interesting. But— Let me just read a couple paragraphs, because I think uh, from a Jewish point of view, uh, I would say a more progressive Jewish point of view, that's where Emily writes from, uh, and and she's a great writer. She says, while many Jewish holidays commemorate tragic events in Jewish history, other holidays are straight-up joyful. Still others are personal and reflective a time to consider who you are and how to clean up your act before God takes your toys away for good. Interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On the one hand, you have your Passover, your Purim, and your Hanukkah, all holidays that celebrate a triumphant vanquishing of the enemy, but a great collective cost. On the other hand, you have your introspective Holy Days, holidays during which you can kick back, tune in, get real about your week, the year, or your personal relationship with God, whether this relationship is deeply committed, or you're still seeing other people. That, that is. That's a great line. Yeah, that's, that's good. That that is fair for uh, as Bible believers. That is a state. That is a sentence that could. You, uh-huh. to, well, to you know, I'm, re-
0: I'm reading through judges right now, and the Israelites were seeing other people, you yeah. know, all the gods of all the Canaanite gods, the, the Amorite gods. So it's the same thing from then to 100%. today. hundred percent. And now she writes, for reformed Jews in the
2: United States, most of whom are Jewish minded rather than religious holiday observance, is casual and happy. And well, let me reread this. For reformed Jews in the United States most of whom are Jewish-minded rather than religious, holiday observance is casual and happens four or fewer times a year. That is to say, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Hanukkah, and Passover. We've talked about that, Chris. She's 100% right. Indeed, said days and the foods consumed therein, from the sum sum total of many a Jew's ritual observance, a pick-and-choose spiritual... Smorgasbord, Chris. That is that is true. Pick and choose spiritual smorgasbord. That's that's not what, just what Jewish people do. That's oh, what all denominations yeah, do. Christians
0: do the same. We thing.
2: pick the things we like, and it's, it's very very good. She goes on. Uh, uh, Some total of many Jewish ritual observance. A pick and choose spiritual smorgasbord that possibly two steps short of a shrimp cocktail <laughs> under the mistletoe. For religiously observant Jews, the Orthodox and most Jews living outside the Americas, knowing history behind the holidays and maintaining strict ritual observers, observance is an important way of showing one's devotion to God via prayer, study, and remembrance rather than an excuse to buy expensive handbags and overindulge in fried food, mm. I think she writes so well. It's what is, in essence, what does the holiday mean to you? And I, I, I really think it's fair. There will be people gathered around the seder table, uh, and really not want to be there. Yeah, there's going to be people who are gathered around and don't really care about the Passover, but they care about the family experience. they mm-hmm. they they, they love their family and they love fellowshiping, and so they'll, they'll. Put up with oh, I don't, uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I know I'm Jewish, but I'm still with the family. Oh,
0: I've been to Jewish Passovers where the wine was more important than the the Seder itself. It's uh, today we're gonna have a wine from Oregon. You yeah, know, uh, a Pinot 100%. Noir from here. And that was more the four cups were more about a wine tasting than it was actually celebrating 100%. And delivery.
2: And then there's gonna be people who are sincere and the holiday means a lot to them. But Chris, come Sunday. There's going to be some priesters in the congregation in Easter services 100%. who are there. Similarly, there's going to be some who are there because they, they're they being forced, especially maybe some teenagers who don't want to be there, but their parents make them. Maybe it's a family get-together, and part of the tradition is going to church. So they do that uh, because they're supposed to do that. Pastors tell me, at least it used to be, it's crowded. You get more of a crowd at uh, at Resurrection Sunday, Easter, than you do any other time, and that's because there's Christers. They come only on Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity. And then, of course, there are those who want to remember what the Lord Jesus did, conquering sin and death and rising from the dead.
0: You know, uh, it's just just jogging my memory here as we're about to go into Exodus chapter 12, is what what Emily Stone said is that there is a, for Reformed Jewish people, that there's a smorgasbord of being able to choose what you want. But when you actually read the Passover account, God doesn't provide a board of opportunities there's one opportunity it's one way it's one lamb it's one door it's one, all these particular ways that god's be gonna be careful do it. chris that's hate speech <laughs> sorry about that i'm too narrow i'm too narrow-minded
2: but isn't god grace isn't he just filled with grace we're we're all in major trouble and God provides a way. Yep. He provides a way. I, you, I realize there's two sides to, two sides to a coin, but God provides way. He always provides a way.
0: You know, when I was doing a Passover the other day, it hit me as I was going through it that God, it, it, God could have in Exodus 12, and we'll read through it in a moment, but as, as God is going talking about the blood that you put on the doorposts and on the sides of the door that's right, beware, Peter. That's that's right. The blood. It it,
2: it wasn't a radish. That's a radish it, 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 it wasn't a tomato.
0: It, <laughs> it was had, a lamb. It had to be an animal. It was a and lamb. It was or real goat. blood. But you know, it was. What's interesting is it doesn't stop and say. Now listen, if this guy's a criminal, you got to kick him out of that door. Or if he has ever stolen something, you got to kick him out. Or if he's ever, you know, even had an affair. Or there is no. There is nothing that actually limits a person from being inside the the blood uh, stained doors that would protect them. There, there was no limitations. There was nothing no one that was stopped disqualified. No, that's a better word. Yes, no one you. was disqualified except
2: if you weren't in, in the room.
0: That's it. You got to be in. The it. The faith is what drew you in there, and it made me think of the thief on the cross. I mean, here is a guy. We don't know what he's, he's not going anywhere. He's not <laughs> exactly. He's, he's got a captive audience. <laughs>
1: he Jesus wasn't had, going anywhere
0: but it's just it's interesting because here in these final moments of this man's life who's dying because of a sin uh you know and even mocked Jesus you know in those final moments he you know uh he he was saved and god Jesus said i'll see you in paradise and to think of all those people that the sins of all those people that were inside those doors but yet, it was the blood that covered them that allowed the, wrath, the, the the you know the wrath of God to pass over those doors when they saw the blood as a sign. It just made me think of God's grace. It's more than just the fact that God would deliver them. But there's nothing that talks about the the qualifications of what it means to be inside of that door.
2: It's an it's amazing, and Passover is such a it's such an important holiday for the Jewish people. And again, we're talking we're not trying to disrespect anybody. Churchgoers— or people who go to the seder. Uh, we're, we're telling what they would say. There are people in all different classifications, but we meet as Jews to remember redemption. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. And some people don't care. Yeah. Just like some people don't care about the resurrection of Christ. They don't care about being redeemed out of uh, out of bondage. Uh, but th- that's human nature. Even that is a commentary on why we need Christ so much.
0: And when we go to the communion table, we remember redemption as well. When we go to the Lord's Supper, as Christians, and there are times where our minds are in other places or our thoughts are in other places. I know that's happened to me. I have to ask God, Lord, forgive me. Help focus my mind on this moment. Let me evaluate my life because I'm about to take this important thing to remember, redemption. And so it's no mistake that Jesus celebrating a Passover— in Matthew chapter 26, as they're all remembering redemption, is going to take the bread and the cup from the Passover, apply it to himself in order to remember the redemption from sin that would come on the cross. Well,
2: Chris, how many people on a, who are church goers who who are born again, Bible believing, but Sunday morning you have in your case four kids, let, whatever it is, two kids, uh, whatever your home situation is like, it's topsy turvy, and you you're getting into the service, and your mind's a million miles an hour, it takes a while to settle down. At least you're you're telling the Lord, I'm, I, I need to make an effort. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be here. It's my desire to be here, even in the circumstances that I am. God understands that, and you don't get any brownie points for showing up to church. Uh, there's no brownie points. You should want to be there, regardless of your circumstances, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves, and corporately... Even just by your presence, corporately remembering together what God has Mm. done for you. It strengthens the body of Christ. Even when you have people who, you know, that's life, right? In a congregation, Chris, I know you just did a Passover demo three times in a church that probably had 350 people in each service. And don't you think those, each of those people had stuff going on in their world while they're trying to settle down and, and listen and all that? Well,
0: I, I always highlight at the very end of, you know, in, in Exodus 12, in the middle of God giving instructions on how he's going to free them from the bondage of Egypt, he goes, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to do this every year, and you're going to do this every year, and every year, and every year is an ordinance, um, a memorial. And I think it's interesting because if God didn't do that, the Israelites would have forgotten. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they did forget. You know, Moses leads them, I mean, God leads them out. Moses is up on Mount Sinai. Moses is gone for 40 days. 40 days. And he comes back down. And what happens? They forgot. They forgot the God that delivered them and they built a calf. And who helped them? Aaron. Aaron helps them. He forgot. So I think I, I, I always remind people, you know, the reason we take the Lord's Supper as often as we possibly can is because God knows us. He knows that we forget, and uh, that's the reason. The whole point is, do this in remembrance of me. That same theme is found in Passover, to do all these things, to celebrate the Seder, to remember the God who delivered the Israelites from Egypt, and we do it to remember Jesus who delivered us from sin.
2: And even in Israel, where probably the majority of people are secular Jews, they're proud of being Jewish, but they're not religious Jews— Passover's significant in that country. Yeah, uh, they don't have Easter break. Uh, they don't have Resurrection break. Uh, they don't have Spring break. They have Passover break. Mm-hmm. That's what the kids call it, Pesach. Yeah, it, and it's Pesach, and it, everything
0: shuts down. Do you know? Uh, you know, because it's also entering into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I was reading a couple months ago that uh, Israel can have on hand. Something like the state of Israel can have something like $35 million worth of leavened products, and it might be in their public schools, or it could be in the prisons, or it could be wherever. So they have all this leavened bread, and believe it or not, the state of Israel, a secular state, has to unload that unleavened, or that leavened bread. I got such a deal yes. for you. <laughs> That's right. So a kind Arab Christian man comes and puts a deposit of like $50,000 down to buy all the bread— and they hold that deposit for eight days, and then they cancel the contract, and boom. And he knows it. And he, he knows he, it, yeah. yeah he yeah. does it out of the kindness By of, the way,
2: that happens in little situations all around wherever Jewish Orthodox Jewish people are. They actually sell their stove, their refrigerator, even though they've cleaned. We invented spring cleaning, you know. Yes. Uh, so they've gotten rid of all the chametz, all the leaven. Uh, my mother used to line it with Reynolds aluminum, uh, but— the very, very orthodox go to a gentile friend and they actually have them buy their refrigerator. It stays at their house. Buy my refrigerator. Buy my stove. Buy all the all the goods that I have out that I've uh put outside. Uh, buy it all, and then. I'll get it back at the end, and I'll give you a little something for your trouble. Oh, really? They do, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, they, I know they
0: they sell it sometimes. I didn't. I didn't know, I they, know they sold if, refrigerators. I don't know if Israel.
2: I don't. Oh, yeah. They I, because you know here's what happens. What if there's a little piece of leaven, a little piece of leaven that they missed. They missed, and that, then they go before God. Hey, I saw that leaven. Yeah. And you say, God, I didn't own it. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't my fridge. It was, that's a Goyasha refrigerator. That is... You, uh, you think I'm kidding. It's no, true.
0: I love that it's trying to trick God. No. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a lawyer finding a loophole. You see,
2: I don't look at it as trying to trick God. I look at it the way Paul does in Romans 10, zealous. Oh, yeah. We are zealous without knowledge. 100%. But you're right. I think both of our perspectives... Are correct. thus the Jew and the Gentile.
0: But God, I, I didn't own it. I, I didn't, I own, didn't it. own it. It
2: wasn't mine. What? <laughs> hey, it was that guy's over there. I, so it's clean. I'm not guilty. <laughs> uh, now, you got to admit, that is zealous. Oh, yeah, that 100%. That is zeal. Yes. That is doing everything you can to make it
0: right. Oh uh, my goodness! And,
2: and it doesn't hurt the the guy gets a little on the side that, for <laughs> well, And what did he have to do? Nothing.
0: Nothing. He didn't have to do anything. Oh, that is so funny. Well, yeah, that Arab man buys they all the thirty five million dollars worth of bread with the devil. I bet they give pie. him a cut. I, I I hope they do. I mean, and they nice. should.
2: They should. <laughs> the, the guy's got all this stuff, and the, he legally has it. He could go and and keep it. Uh, he legally owns. Every court would approve it, but no, he's an. Nice guy. The agreement is he gives it back. Shouldn't he
0: get a finder's fee? Uh, well, it's funny because it's an official state situation. This isn't like uh, something they do. With I hope some...
2: Israel does it. They should give him a little something. Well,
0: Steve, let's read a little bit of the passage here. Because it says this in Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. I always like to stop here and remind people how uh, I... I don't envy Jewish people when it comes to calendars because I have calendars. I have a Friends of Israel calendar, I have a family calendar and it's you know it's hard keeping up with all those calendars. Jewish people have three calendars they have to keep up with. They have right here the religious calendar. So this is the new year it says yep. for the religious calendar. Passover will start the the religious year and it will end with the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, and so that's one. But then, did you ever see the movie Inception? Where it's the dream. It's a it's a movie about how you go into these levels of dreams. Okay, so it's a dream within a dream. Right? Yeah. It's 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 weird. And so this I call this the uh, uh, the Jewish Inception for calendars because within the religious calendar comes out another calendar, which is Rosh Hashanah, begins right. the civil year. The seventh year. month. The, se- <laughs> the seventh month is the new year. That's right. When I was
2: growing up, Chris, I would say, especially around Rosh Hashanah, is Rosh Hashanah early this year or is it late this year? <laughs> and, and, and people, if you don't understand, what do you mean early? It's all, Isn't it always the same time? Well, the Hebrew date, it's the same time, but I was always comparing it. To the Gregorian, our calendar, 100%. the Gregorian calendar. So it could be early September. It could be late. Where one's lunar, the Jewish, and one's uh, solar. Which So early, late. Uh, isn't it interesting that Passover doesn't always align, just as this year? It doesn't align the way it did in the first century. Right? right? Because Pat- of the calendars. Because of the calendars. And there is a deliberate there in church history a deliberate moving away to keep uh every single year passover on uh, on the the proper day and then
0: easter on the proper day mm-hmm. and and the year right now because russia Rosh- so russia Rosh- uh Shana comes out of the The religious calendar, but it creates its own calendar, which becomes the civil calendar. And the year is five thousand seven hundred and eighty two. Correct. And so which was when creation took place, according to tradition. That's right. And so the there's two calendars there that are with that kind of stem from one calendar, a civil calendar, a religious calendar. So get your mind wrapped around that one. Then they have to keep up with our calendar. They have to keep up with the Gregorian calendar, which is the way most of the the whole world functions that way. So you have to do a religious calendar that starts now for Passover. Then come the fall, you got to do Rosh Hashanah, which starts a civil calendar. Then you have to keep up with the calendar where it's 2023. And I say, I'm ready for bed. After well,
2: that. I could tell you what my parents did growing up. We went to the bank to get a, a complimentary regular calendar. And then we went to the Jewish uh, uh, burial people. Uh, to get a Jewish calendar, you're kidding. You got? Oh, that. you went to this. You went to the. What are they called again? Uh, it's a funeral. home. A funeral home. Yeah. Yeah. So the funeral home would always put out Jewish calendar.
0: That's fantastic. So what,
2: when's Rosh Hashanah? When's Passover? Yeah. Yeah. It's all. It's all there. We. How do you figure it out? Unless somebody's doing it for you. Uh, that is amazing. Now you go online. Oh, Everybody online. goes online. Yep, exactly. What do you? You write. tell Hey Siri. When's Passover start? Yep. And it will tell you, and not only tell you this year, it will tell you when it was last year. It will tell you when it's going to be twenty years from now.
0: And it even tells you because oftentimes the Israeli start time is different from the rest of the world because of the way that it, you know, everything
2: and based on the sun too. What time
0: does it start? A hundred. Well, it depends where you are. Which time zone are you in? Oh, it could drive you crazy. (laughs) That's why, and that's only chapter chapter twelve verses one and two. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. Steve, this is important because they're going to be required to eat the whole lamb that night. And you can't have a widow eating a whole lamb by herself, or an elderly couple eating a whole lamb by herself. Or They need help. They need help, <laughs> yeah, or a single guy or a young family. So you bring people in in accordance. It's actually in accordance which says with, the, with the lamb, essentially. Like You're going to want enough people in this place to finish off this lamb. Um, you are to determine, uh, uh, verse 5, the animals you must choose must be a year old males without defect, so without blemish. You are to take them from the sheep or the goats, Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Steve, God makes them hold on to the lamb or the goat for a few days in order to make sure it remains unblemished.
2: Do you know there was a tradition, Chris? I'm not kidding you. Think of your family. Okay, You have four younger children. You go get your lamb. You get a little lamb, and you now bring it into the house. Have you? Yeah, you took your kids to a zoo. I, mm. when mine were little, I took. You pet the lamb. You look at that. Oh, that lamb is so cute. It's now been part of your family for four days. And then you got to take that lamb, mm. and you got to walk it over to the temple. Mm. And the kids, if if your kids were like if, like most kids, what are you, what are you gonna do? What What are you taking the lamb
0: for? Yeah. By now, we, it's got a name. The, the, that's
2: probably yep. that's right. And we're taking. It's got to be killed. Killed. You can't do it. I I could see you walking towards the temple. All four of your kids holding your leg. Please, don't. That's a, that's the image. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine all four days you're looking for a blemish, a problem, anything that would be a defect because it has to be a spotless lamb. What did Jesus do for three and a half years? There were people looking. Oh, they were looking. They were going through his fleece, trying every, looking in his mouth, doing everything they. Could. There has to be one sin we can find. And they did it all the time. Nothing. Mm. Even the leader in uh, the Gentile leader said, what
0: this guy do? Yeah. Nothing. Yep. He is. he's clean. He's an unblemished lamb. Yeah. This passage, if read
2: uh, from a Christ perspective, is it's dynamite to be able to see God's requirement in order to be sacrificed
0: Jesus mm. fulfilled it a hundred percent right to the T it says this um, in verse seven then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs that same night they are to eat the meat roasted over fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast that's the original Passover the original Passover involved roasted lamb and it involved bitter herbs and unleavened bread so what the Passover that we see today that Steve, you do, that I do in churches, uh, is a development that's happened over thousands of years, uh, adding elements to remember, to go back and remember how God delivered the Israelites. And we know that's happened between what happened here with Moses and Exodus 12 and what happened with Jesus, because when we get to the Passover and the Gospels, if you remember here, we have lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. But when you get to Jesus, now we have a new component. We have wine. That's right. Wine was not a part of the uh Passover seder the original one. So there was a development that would take place over, the over time.
2: But you know, a little wasabi with nice meat uh, yeah. that God <laughs> has good taste, he don't does, you think? It does. It's, yeah. It's not be- uh, lamb. Hardly anybody in America eats lamb, but lamb is it's delicious. It's delicious. And it's eaten outside of America. I would even say North America. Canada- Canadians aren't known for eating a lot of lamb either. Um in fact I've traveled around the United States and have actually, because I've come to a church, the church says, we want to do it the way it was. In the Exodus, and so we're going to get lamb. I cannot tell you how many people's first time ever eating lamb. Was Adults. That, yeah. Was that a Passover
0: that Friends of Israel did? I mean, anytime you go to a, a nice restaurant and there's lamb, you go, oh, I'll uh, get wow, the, that. Yeah, oh, that's pretty lamb. Nice. Okay, yeah. this place is fancy. Yeah. But then you go to the Middle East and you're like, oh, lamb. Yeah. That's, uh, that's every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but it's interesting here because uh, God wants to make sure that they understand that this isn't the food network here. This isn't the Bobby Flay, you know, I'll choose how I want to cook this thing. It's got to be yeah. roasted. Purposeful. Yep. Each one of these elements is. Per- Tell us what each three symbolize. Chris. Yeah. So the lamb, of course, is going to symbolize the fact that the blood will be shed. It will provide the redemption. Uh, the The bitter herbs will remind the Israel, uh, the people of the 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 bitterness of bondage that they 400 suffered four hundred plus years. That's right. And they so they're tasting it. And then there's also the the unleavened bread, which is leaven is a symbol of sin. So there's sinlessness and also the remembering of. The agony of leaving, they didn't have time. They They, had to get out of Dodge. That's right. And it's interesting because there's this period of—I was reading once in a commentary that there's this period of unleavened bread that follows. And so you have—God says you can't eat leavened bread. It's got to be unleavened. But the amount of time it would take to restart the leavening process so that you could make more leavened bread would actually be anywhere from 7 to 12 days— so why is the Feast of Unleavened Bread the Feast of Unleavened Bread after Passover? Well, maybe it was because they didn't have the starter yet in order to build the, the, to bake bread again. So anyway, it's just an interesting little component there.
2: And isn't it interesting that one follows immediately after the other? Thus, Jewish people say Passover lasts eight days. Really, it doesn't. It's a one-day event followed immediately by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we look at that as believers and say, hey, we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And when we are, we're immediately sanctified, we're clean, mm-hmm. we're unleavened before God. What a, it's what amazing. A, what an amazing Paul thing. Paul
0: highlights that, too, by calling Christ our Passover lamb. So even he picks up on those themes of the Passover. Let me go on here really quick, Stephen, and end this here, because it says... Hey, we talk a lot, don't uh, we? Uh, a lot. We, <laughs> think about how long it just took to get to the text, okay? Uh. So it says, "...do not eat meat raw, boiled in water, but roasted over fire with its heads, legs, in, and internal organs." You know, I think God's setting up an image, a picture of a whole burnt offering here. The whole thing must be offered up to God. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some of it's left till morning, you must burn it. And this is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It's his Passover. Mm-hmm. He's the one
2: making it happen. Can you imagine, Chris, when this happened, what were they to do? Nothing. They just wait in the house. Yep. I mean, they have the they have to have their lamb, but it's okay. We're gonna eat dinner. God told us what's on the uh, menu, and then you wait. And I would imagine, you know, in Cecil B. DeMille's version, you will hear screaming and pain and yelling uh, of the of the people who were first born who died. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know there's just waiting, and God does. The work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And he still is in the business of doing the work. It's a once and for
0: all work. And now it's, are we by faith going to receive the work. And step into the home, essentially. Got to step into the and home. And you have to imagine how weird... That, I mean, most... Hey, here's... This is what God says. You're going to take a lamb, slaughter it. You're going to put the blood on the... Then you're going to wait in there. And you just yeah. wait, okay? I got to tell you that... You know, I wouldn't want to... There was no
2: telephone. I, you know the way, especially I am. I, am I doing this right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, we got to fill out forms at Friends of Israel. Wait a minute. I don't want to do this by myself <laughs> because I don't know if I... Hey, Am I doing this right? That's right. I I see, call- I see
0: you walking outside. Of- Get back in here, Steve. Get back in. No, I got to go Wait, talk to this I guy over this here. I have this
2: form here. Are you filling this out the way Did I do this right? Can you <laughs> I would be in major trouble because I'd be I want to do it, but I'd step out and
0: boom. That's that's, right. that's when it. the that's when God's wrath would fly right past you, right? <laughs> but at least I'm not a firstborn. That's a, oh, that's a good point. You'd be spared. I'd be spared. See, I'd, be gone. I'd be out there
2: looking. Does anybody know is this the right way to prepare the lamb? Did I, which, which which kind of uh uh did you put salt? Did you put pepper? Which, I I want
0: to know how to do this right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh it's interesting cuz in our 21st century minds, we look at the fact that God would kill the firstborn of animal and human. But the I, I always remind people, God gave Pharaoh time to repent. God gave Pharaoh time uh, to to turn away from and let the Israelites go. And God even said, Pharaoh, you are messing with my firstborn. And Israel was called God's firstborn son. And he's saying, you're messing with my firstborn. So if you keep messing with my firstborn, I'm going to mess with your firstborn. And that was the whole point of why God did this, because God was protecting and preserving his people Israel. That goes back to a promise that God said in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Well, for a long time, Egypt was cursing the Israelites, and so God was going to step up and act in accordance with his promises. Great,
2: great event. We thank God for the Passover. We thank God for the Passover lamb, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and his death, burial, and resurrection. Mm. All
0: right, well, Steve, we are going to transition here to... Some happy new, Easter. Happy Easter, and happy Resurrection Day, uh, Yep, and happy Pesach. Um, let's talk about some of the news here, Steve. Well,
2: first, Chris, I I couldn't believe that you actually—no, I sent this to you, yeah. I think. Uh, this was actually given to me by Martha. Uh, when I come in to Friends of Israel, we have two of our uh, people work on buildings and grounds, and I always ask— because she's much smarter than me, and I'm not saying that in a joking way. She is much smarter than me. She knows what's going on, where it's going. She has her headphones on all the time while she's vacuuming and doing it. She knows current events like the back of her hand. And she showed me the U.S. training and arming 5,000 Palestinian Authority troops in Jordan. Yeah, I, She said, did you see this? I'm... I'm I'm the vice president of North American ministries. I should be up. No, no, what? She said, oh, I'll send it to you. Just very humble, very nice. I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I begin to read it. Chris, you can't believe it. The, the opening paragraph, the Biden administration is currently training and arming several thousand Palestinian Authority troops. Carolyn Glick, who is a conservative uh, uh, journalist, Uh, writes for a number of different groups, Uh, she denounced this. I would, too. Yeah,
0: this is not good for (laughs) Israel.
2: This new program proposed by the Biden administration is distinctly unlike the original plan that was put in place, uh, by the way, by uh, George Bush. uh, In that explicitly, here's what it provides for. They're providing for the Palestinian soldiers, guns and bullets. And the training to use them creating a special force of armed PA security forces. So this is the U.S. training them with the hopes, now this is my comment, with the hopes that they'll keep the peace.
0: Yeah. Well. The peace, like, you, they're thinking that these armed forces will go in to probably the territories. Where there's terrorists. Where there's terrorists. Because right now it's the Israeli IDF that usually goes in to take care of these this situation. But the problem is, can they be trusted?
2: Well, that's a great, wonderful segue. Thank you, Chris. Because the PA, whose forces the U.S. seeks to empower,
0: is controlled by Fatah. Yeah. Now, Chris, what is Fatah? Well, it's a party that is the the current ruling party of the Palestinian Authority, under the leadership of a president named Mahmoud Abbas. And so definitely Mahmoud Abbas is not as bad as Hamas, but um, pays terrorists for... There's terrorists that are being paid by him um, and their families for those who have you know killed other people. And so um, anyway, that's... Yeah.
2: Most of the murderous terror attacks in 2021 and 2022 were committed by... FATA. FATA, yep. which... The United States is now going to give 5,000 guns, ammo, uh, and have a nice day. (laughs) Uh,
0: When you and I were talking about this uh, in the car the other day, it reminded me of when uh, the Obama administration had given all those guns to the Mexican drug cartel to try to find, you know, and they're like, oh, they are using these guns, you know. (laughs) Great research. We want to know. Oh,
2: it turns out.
0: Yes, they're using that's them. right, exactly. Uh this is just another example,
2: the article goes on, that Americans trying to resuscitate the Palestinian Authority. This is by Dr. Kadar, uh, uh who said the status per the stat- stated purpose is to train the PA police to maintain order and deal with terrorists in their midst. But this is a bluff. The real purpose is is to maintain order on the day after Mahmoud Abbas leaves the picture because mm-hmm. they believe, and I that makes sense, except I don't know if it's going to work the way they want. They're picturing Mahmoud Abbas, who's in his 80s, passes away. There's anarchy. Who's going to take over? Power struggle. Well, here we'll have a, a group that's trained properly by Americans, and they'll be able to keep the peace.
0: And your original question, Chris, was... Can they be trusted? Yep. And Mordecai Kadar, who actually we're going to have on in June. Great, great segue, Chris, yep. to He's, advertise. Yep. He's going to be doing an FOI-equipped class on the Six-Day War and kind of where we are as a result of the Six-Day War today, where Israel is. He's a Bar-Ilan University professor, well-respected, um, uh, well-respected individual. And he wrote a piece in this article here, um, and he was saying this isn't good for Israel at all because you don't know who these people are are going to turn to you know even in the Israeli army there are arab israelis uh jewish israelis have to serve in the army arab israelis whether they're christian or muslim it's not a requirement you can do it if you want it's 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 And vo-
2: some are very we've heard very positive oh, things Oh 100% they very they positive. want to serve
0: their country but it's an option because they don't want people coming in and ruffling the feathers well how do you how can you who can you trust here because What happens if it's your family, you know, the Palestinian authorities, you know, someone in the family and you're in the army? Well, I'm not going to. No, I'm on my family side. I'm not on, you know, the the government side. And the big problem that they do have, and I see the big problem, is that once Mahmoud Abbas does die or moves on after his very long term, uh, Hamas could enter into the West Bank, and this could be a big problem. So I understand what they're trying to do, but the question is whether or not they can trust yeah, the it's, outcome. It's, I, it's very difficult,
2: I agree, but I'm not sure about the wisdom of that.
0: All right, well, here's another one, Steve. Uh, as the Palestinians are you know, arming, an, or the U.S. is arming a Palestinian army there, um, the, we know that Israel is divided right now. I was Steve, I was coming home from Israel, and I got a text from our tour guide, Ronnie, are you in the airport? And I said, yeah, I'm in the airport. And he says, did you make it through security? I said, I'm just about done. I had gotten 50 people through Israeli security. And he goes, they're shutting the airport down because uh, the unions were striking because of Netanyahu and the judicial reform. And so the whole country, I mean, there were protests going on. They were shutting down highways. All of these unions were shutting. So there's division in Israel, big-time division. Um, But I like this editorial piece that came out from the Jerusalem Post, which said this, Passover, a time for divided Israel to unite, to celebrate together. And that's because the spirit of unity should inspire Jewish people in Israel and across the world through Passover. Because Passover doesn't matter if you're conservative, liberal, for Netanyahu, for judicial reform, against it, whatever, you all sit down at the table and remember, like you said, deliverance from Egypt. And so that's really important. It's a time of unity. And, you know, I'm glad that Israel does this. Like you said, no matter whether you're secular or religious, you're celebrating Passover. But, you know, I was reading a Wall Street Journal article and saw a lot of news sources tap, you know, tapping into this new poll that came out that showed that a massive decline in some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the glue that binds the fabric of our nation together, which is faith Family and 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 patriotism and all of these major things that glue us together as a as a culture, patriotism, believing in God and and wanting to have a family, uh, these bedrocks to our, our 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 country are falling apart. They're declining. And so we have nothing that we unify on, and so we're all just a bunch of divided people going in opposite directions. Well, maybe Israel can lead the way here in understanding that even in the face of division, uh, which I understand the reason they're divided, Passover is a time to unify.
2: Well, you know, Chris, uh, I'm a little older than you. I come from a Jewish background, but I can tell you on uh, Good Friday, what's called Good Friday, uh, back when I was a child, most you knew it was a special day. And because voluntarily, businesses, uh, schools, everything shut down because people knew this was a, it was a Christian day, but it was remembered. I don't know, today, Good Friday, if, it's, if uh, you could tell something is different. Mm-hmm. People are going to Mexico and to Bermuda and to Florida. Dallas. Uh, to Dallas. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's summer. I mean, it's spring break. I get that. But there is there is a moving away from the special uniting that used to be in Israel. They still have it. Mm-hmm. They Passover and patriotism. Yeah. And you know why patriotism is so high in Israel? It's because of the draft. Yep, you have to serve in the you army. You have to serve. Uh, and everybody has a story that unites them. You're conservative, you're liberal, you're middle of the road, your kids are in together, and it doesn't matter what your politics are. How's your, how's your son? How's your daughter? Mm-hmm. They're serving. How much longer do they have? It, it was a binding. And my parents tell me, my mother specifically, when all the men, not, which they weren't all the men, in World War II, there was a different... Feel in the United States, there was this common attachment to a goal that had to happen, and it united people. The patriotism, Memorial Day, met, meant something, mm-hmm. etc. So, all we're saying, all that article is saying, and boy, I, I, I hope our people, who all seven listeners who are listening, will read that article as you include it in the notes. Yep, because uh, we want the Passover to unite the Jewish people. We want to be united, too, in this country uh, around exactly—we want to be united around family, we want to be united around faith,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and we want to be united around mutual respect for
0: one another. I'll just read this one line, then we'll go to the next news uh, sort, uh, piece that we have here, but uh, it says, The Haggadah, which is what guides the people through the Passover—it's a, it's a book that guides you through the Passover—the Haggadah urges us, in every generation, one is obligated to see oneself— as if he or she left Egypt. So you're a part of the tradition of leaving Egypt. You're bound to it.
2: That that's a great that's a great way to think. Well, Chris, the Arab League to meet and an Ask al Aska clashes Netanyahu says we're committed to calming tension. Oh, is there tension? You were there when there was some tension. Oh,
0: there was t- uh, you know, you didn't I didn't see anything, but uh, when the moment we entered Jerusalem on a Friday, Ramadan, last, Ramadan started and uh, the city gets closed off. I mean, you gets pushed back um, and you have to go through security because a lot of Palestinians are coming from the Palestinian territories to the Dome of the Rock and to the Al-Aqsa Mosque in order to worship on Ramadan, and there's fasting going on during the day. So people are hangry, you know. And I
2: love that word. They're hangry.
0: they're hangry. And so, you know, we had the really restructured— Dr. Jim Showers, our CEO did at fanta- Friends of Israel, did a fantastic job of kind of orchestrating, working around Ramadan. But uh, it, there was tension, and that tension boils over, because not only is Ramadan happening— Uh, But now Passover is coming up. So Jewish people are coming to the Western Wall. They're worshiping, and there's tension that can build.
2: Well, in this Times of Israel article, it said, here's what took place to cause all the concern. An unidentified Palestinian man testified that masked youths barricaded the doors to the mosque shut, so they locked themselves in and refused to let anyone who was already in out. Daring, now these are my words after the article, daring, okay, come get us. Yep. We're not coming out. We're not letting them out. Now the Israeli Israelis are called in there for the security. They oversee the security. And so they got to be the bad people to force the door open. And so when they did, they were attacked, which so. They had stones in the mosque. Yep. Where'd they They brought them in and fireworks. Yep. It wasn't July 4th there. <laughs> so here you're a soldier. And how old is a typical soldier who do this job? In the twi- in teens, 20s.
0: 19, 20,
2: 21 years old. They've got to come in and now they're being peddled, pummeled with stones and fireworks going off. And of course, the headline will then read, look at the Israeli aggressors. Mm-hmm. And what Netanyahu is saying, look, we want to calm the tension. We were We're called in to let these people out of the mosque. They want to get out, but it takes—and that's the thing, Chris. It only takes a few people to disrupt the masses. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, in the way—if you've never been to Israel before, the Temple Mount is structured where the, 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 the top of the Temple Mount is where the Dome of the Rock is. The Al Mosque, and then you can look down over the Western Wall where Jewish people are. They have are a long
2: walkway, wooden walkway. Ay, ay, ay.
0: Exactly. And so, what happens sometimes too is that the Muslims will throw rocks down on the Jewish people who are worshiping just below them. So Again, creating a tension. It builds for good. Um, you know, when you're able to get a picture of a of an Israeli guard trying to break into the Al-Aqsa Mosque even though he's trying to get people out it's a picture is worth a thousand words even if it's fake news and so it just it it doesn't look well for Israelis and even that picture that I'm looking on from the Times of Israel here they are running on the on the Temple Mount that's just such a sensitive area um, and so it, it's sensitive and it creates a, a story that's often not true. And it
2: perpetuates the issue. Yeah, 100%. That, that, it just perpetuates it. Well,
0: Chris, I think it's time for our... Yep, you picked out the Yiddish word. You're getting better at this. Thank you very You're much. You're becoming
2: a nice Jewish boy.
0: That's that's very nice of you. That means a lot. I hang out with the right guy, the uh, Jewish that, that, sage, that, that, all right? There you go. Well, listen, the Yiddish word of the day. The Yiddish word of the day is a Zayson Pesach, a sweet... Passover. Uh, and,
2: you know, you used to hang around my boys uh, years ago, and one of the expressions all three of you used was, that's sweet.
0: Oh, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Well, you know what's funny about a sweet Passover is I love the Hillel sandwich. I love that there's a sandwich that you make during the Passover where you take two pieces of unleavened bread and you smash some horseradish, but then you smash some haroset, which is like a sweet apple mixture. And Hillel wanted that on there. Rabbi Hillel, a contemporary of Jesus, wanted that on there because he was tired of eating only bitterness. He wanted something sweet to remind bitter us. Very sweet. sweet. That's bitter right. Sweet. To remind us of not only the bitterness of bondage, but the sweetness of freedom. So perfectly said. A sweet Passover. A we don't zeisen, want a bitter Passover. We want a sweet Passover. A sweet Passover. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Hey, uh, there's a lot going on. A a lot. Be sure to go to foiequip.org and there you can sign up for all of our spring and summer classes. Get on it now. We've got Ty Perry that's going to be doing Holocaust Remembrance on April 13th at 7 30 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be teaching about Israel's independence and the leaders that helped them get there. Again, you can register. That'll be in May uh, for three weeks. You can register for all these classes by going to foiequip.org. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of the program. We'll see you next week.